ladies and gents. Uh, Swigger Beer for the Working Man. We're all back on Love Pod 21. Uh, everyone is still here as before. I'm not going to go through the names because we'll be here all night. One little nugget that came through from uh, our previous conversation there was Mark's revelation, or, or such a revelation, regarding Djokovic being Dougie's one and only target with no kind of contingency plan. And I just thought that was worth diving into a little bit deeper. Um, Mark, I'm going to make the little focus, this little mini segment, if you don't mind. Um, is, just, is Lennon more of an ideas man than Dougie? By which I mean... Do you think Lennon has got options up his sleeve rather than sticking all his eggs in one basket? And in general, what are the differences between the two managers? I know we're doing a bit of a Q&A later on, uh, but this has just come to mind now and I think it's worth persevering. Would you mind giving us a minute or two uh, on each and just let us know the differences and similarities between them? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think it's possibly a little bit harsh to say all, all eggs in one basket because Dougie was in his second season there where he was trying to get Djokovic and he'd, he'd built a team, but all he needed was the final piece in what he felt was, you know, what he wanted. Um, and he'd worked so hard to get Djokovic in, in the first place. And it did so well, obviously. Um, and that, that caused problems in a sense because it, it then made him, you know, inflated his transfer value, yeah. made it more difficult to get. People were looking at him, yada, yada. Um, but in in Dougie's mind, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he had him, he had him. You know, I, I you know, sat there with him and he, he was absolutely adamant. He, he'd signed the guy, he, he'd got the, the transfer he wanted and it just went. And I was, we was in Sweden at the time when it happened. And, uh, you know, it was a case of, you know, what are you going to do next? And, it, you know, it was very difficult for him because they, it really was the thing that he thought he had. And I wonder sometimes if that had gone through, whether we'd still be sat here and, and talking about him as the current manager. Um, maybe so. I think financially, in the end, that's that's what told, which is the which is a shame. But that was that's that was a kind of a, a little hint as to where the club was going financially. That the, the the cash to do it straight away and to to, to push the limits wasn't there anymore. Um, but in terms of in terms of how he is a different person to to Neil, he's you know very very different person. You know, Dougie, very erudite, uh, talked about the game. You know, he didn't want to do anything but talk about the game. He's very, very studied, um, and you can disagree with you know how he put his team out, but it was debated and thought about and you know structured. It was the way he wanted it to do. So he knew that he was going to live and die by every decision he made. And and you know conversations I've had with him since he he came out of the job. You know, he said that you know he he did it his way, so he he can't really complain with how it how it ended up um, with Neil. Uh, I do, you know, he's, he's old school. He's, he's more old school. He won't mind me saying that. He, I think he draws tremendously on his time with uh, Martin O'Neill. You know, I think that's that's what seems to kind of that's what he seems to channel in his, his kind of managerial um, uh, approach. Um, you know, he's he, he very ballsy. You know, he's not he's not afraid to to tell it how it is, and you know, he'll shout at people if they need shouting at. He'll put his arm around people if they need their arm putting around and. Um, but the, the the problem Neil's had is that he's had to live by the seat of his pants since he's been in. You know, mm. he's he's had to make quick knee jerk decisions financially. Um, he's had to you know bring in players on short term contracts. So we talked about Twardzik before. Right? You know, I think on that transfer deadline day, he signed half a dozen players, some of which he won't have even seen before. You know, he was he was basically he admitted as much. I think didn't he on Slavchev exactly. and people like that. Yeah, exactly. So he was. He's, it's been about bodies, and I think it's to his massive credit that he's managed to get team and to formulate a team and a, and a structure just based on those kind of knee-jerk kind of decisions. And um, you know, he's had a little bit more time this summer, and hopefully, we're starting to see a philosophy come through. But he can't be judged on the team that's out at the minute. A, a season down the line, he'll be where Dougie is or Dougie was in that summer where he lost Djokovic. And, yeah. At that time, we can probably, you know, see and start comparing and contrasting in terms of, you know, the the relative success. But um, no, I've got I've got high hopes because he's, he's clearly, you know, he's, he's clearly a, a class bloke who, who knows what it takes to win. Put it that way. Fair dues, fair dues, and, and sorry for putting you on the spot there with that, but that's great, very interesting. Now, just to finish off, then before we crack on with the regular news segment. Um, obviously, Lennon uh, Dougie's coming back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, do, do you think he's going to get anything other than a pretty noisy negative response? This is me. Yeah, sorry, Matt. That's what you. Yeah. We'll, we'll speak to him yeah, yeah, yeah. on, on Dougie shortly. But uh, all right, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Um, well, I've no doubt. I've no doubt he will. <laughs> no doubt he will. Um, and and do you, do you know knowing the knowing the bloke, I, I think he'll probably enjoy it a little bit. Um, 
he's uh, he, he he realized how things got towards the end. Um, it, was, it was a bit pantomime villain in the end. I firmly believe, and probably people have a go at me saying so, but in the same way as Gary Megson, his, people's uh, opinion is possibly softening a little bit on Gary Megson on certain aspects. Um, people will possibly soften on Dougie Freeman as well and, and look at the, the overall history of the club and, and the way things were going and that he had to make certain decisions in certain times because of certain things. There is no doubt that you know he, he made wrong decisions at certain times, as did Megson, and that they were the ones that cost the job. But not every single one. And I think you sometimes... And Phil Neal, for example, if going, going back even further... Um, I think there'll be little little history will treat him slightly kinder, but I don't expect any of the fans on on the August twenty second to treat him uh, any kinder at all. I think you're right, and uh, personally, I look forward to disregarding everything that you've just said and booing the shit out of him for ninety minutes. But uh, <laughs> that's my prerogative as a football fan. But let, let's dive on to the uh, to the championship preview. That's very interesting. Thanks again, Mark, for that. Right, this is going to be a dead easy one. We're going to say I want you all to tell me in turn how you think Bolton will do. Most important player. Where you think we'll finish, and how long do you think we'll keep Clough and uh, Vela and Lennon? Uh, Liam, I'll come to you first. If any of you need reminding of those topics, I'll just whiz right through. Feel free to shout, and I'll go through them again anytime you like. Liam, on to you. Right. Well, first of all, I think Bolton will win the World Cup. Excellent. Me too. <laughs> Me too. No, on a, on a serious note, I think mid-table. I don't think we're as poor as some of us will have us believe. I think we've got a lot of quality at the top end of the pitch. How strong we are at the back, time will tell. But I think we're really one of those clubs that could do anything this season. We could be anywhere. So I'm going to say a mid-table on that basis. In terms of our most important player, I'd probably say David. Only because he seems to be the starting centre-back there and it's going to be someone next to him. So whether he can step up, because there were some question marks last season. I quite like the guy, but there was some question marks. Whether he can step up and be that man will be a big determinant of our success this season. Fair dues. Uh, and in terms of Clough, uh, Vela and Lennon, do you think they'll still be at the club uh, come end of the season? I think the biggest um, the biggest asset really is Lennon. I think of all of them, he's the most likely to go. I don't think anyone would take a gamble on Clough at this stage. Why would you? You know, it's not like it's not like we're going to command a massive fee, is it, in a couple of years' time? Well, you say that, but uh, your man Patrick Roberts at City, what's he played? 25 games, he's gone for 10 million quid. Granted, he's got a, a very a very stellar pedigree in terms of England under 15, 16, 17, 18 appearances. But, uh, and I know jo- uh, Zach's only played eight games for, for the club, Liam, but I, you know, I think there's, there's parallels there. Personally, I think you're talking a different class. I'll be open with you. I, I love Zach to bits, but I think Patrick Roberts is guaranteed to be for greatness. You know, I think you're talking a rare, special talent there that Man City just did not want to gamble with. You know, they did not want to take a chance. They wanted that man. I think that was a very rare individual event. So I don't think we... A lot of people are comparing Clough with Roberts and saying, well, if he got that, you know, we could get... I don't think that at all. I think Roberts was an exceptional case. In terms of Vela, I think Vela could go, actually. I think he might go in this window if we're not careful because we could get a half-decent fee for him, and, you know, his equivalent of, what, two million, should we say? That's four players for us. So mm. I think Vela is the big one. Well, you've stolen my thunder a little bit there in terms of one of my questions to Mark later on, uh, and it's to Mark we'll come to next for the same sort of questions. How do you think Bolton will do, uh, in your honest opinion? Um, who do you think will be the standout players, and, and where do you think we'll finish in the league? Um, I think they will finish between playoffs and mid-table okay. I don't think it will be anywhere as, as the previous fella said I don't think it will be uh, Liam sorry um, would, would be anywhere near as bad as people are saying um, because I think uh, I think fingers crossed that if injuries stay at bay and, and Neil can keep his, his best team on the pitch there's nothing to be afraid of um, will Neil stay he's not looking to get anywhere um, you know, if a job comes up in the Premier League, yes, he'll get linked, and yes, we'll all sit there with hearts and mouths again. But uh, I think it's pointless speculating on it. Um, I, I don't think he's looking to to actively move on. Um, will Will Zach stay? Yes, he will. I've got no doubt about that. Um, will Josh stay? Yes, he will. 
and I don't think he's looking to move on elsewhere. Whether his, his agent circulating his name with all, everything we've seen, different thing. But there's been, uh, I mean, I, I, I texted a certain person at the club this morning to, to say about the story we saw this morning with uh, with Hull City, and the response is, I'll read you it completely bollocks. That's the, that's the response. So. God, Doris the tea lady's got a real potty mouth, hasn't she? I know, I know, yeah. I should get better sources, really, with more, <laughs> more erudite uh, text messaging. But um, no, that's that's what I heard, so that's 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 what I'm going off. Look, if, if Hull like him, great. Um, if they come in, then we'll then we'll talk. But at the minute, it's it's all ifs, buts and maybes, isn't it? Hull have just received eight million for James Chester, so if they want to put half of that on the table for Josh, I'll, I'll give him a lift up there myself, as much as I like him. Uh, Rob, same questions to you, mate. Uh, how do you think we'll get on? Um, it's going to be, a, in my opinion, it's going to be like, shaping up to be a, a, a tough season. I'd love to have the positivity of Liam and Mark. I really would. But, but where do you stand on the debate? And also, where do you stand on the Clough fella, most important pos- uh, player, and, and where will position debates? Um, I'm, I'm fairly positive as well, actually. I think. It depends a lot on the start. Um, like the last couple of years, we've had dreadful starts, and it's just the season's already finished by December. So we need to make a better start. And if we do, I think we can. I agree with Mark between playoffs and um, mid-table. I think I think it's a really big season for Mark Davis. I think he's had a couple of years where he's not really played much, and I think if he gets fit and starts playing well, he could be our key player. And then I don't think Lennon's going to go. Um, I was listening to him on Radio 5 the other night, actually, on Monday Night Club, and he was talking about he doesn't think he's... He's got a project at Bolton, and he's not completed that yet, so he's not ready to go to the Premier League. So I don't think he's going to go. I don't think Clough's going to go. He's not ready yet. He's not. He's played, like, ten games for us, hasn't he? I don't think he's eight, ready Eight, I believe. I think it's not even, not even ten, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure I read eight somewhere. It's uh, it's not, not proven by any stretch. No, I can't see him going yet. And I don't see any point in Vela leaving either. I think he's still got to develop... Um, You've got to have a season playing in centre mid and we'll see where he is next summer. But, um, yeah, I think they're all going to stay. Tom, where do you stand on all those questions? Um, as, as for where we'll finish, um, currently, current squad, mid-table, couple of signings, I can see us pushing up, uh, challenging for playoffs. We might not get there, but um, I feel with, with Clough, with you, Mark Davises, with you, Prattley, if, if Medine carries his pre-season form in, um, then we, we could surprise a few people in the season. With Clough, Lennon and Vela, I think Lennon will stay. As has been said, I think he sort of wants he sort of wants to prove to people that, like, because there's still some, uh, still some naysayers who, like, say, oh, he only did it in Scotland with Celtic in, like, a... One or two, yeah. two team leagues. So I think he he wants to prove he can do it in the championship. Zach Clough, I think the earliest he will move on is next summer. To be honest, um, if he has a great season, I, I can see him going to, to big team. And yeah, Josh Josh Vella, I feel yeah he needs a season in his favourite position, and then I think Prem teams will be circling around him as well. Good stuff. I mean, we all say that about Vela, and, and I mean this with respect to him, as obviously I've seen him play for, for a long time. And uh, we used to be BBM mates back in the old days and all. I mean, these are these are connections that I've been cultivating for years and years and years. Uh, and with the best will in the world, obviously, Clough and Vela, are, are, they're still pretty unproven, aren't they? I mean, we're all talking about Josh Vela. And again, I say this with the greatest respect, as if he's the next coming of Steven Gerrard. But I bet I've not seen him play central midfield for the first team on more than five occasions. So it, it's far too soon for either of those two players to be looking at move on. Moving on, uh, if you're asking me to commit, I'd say, well, again, we're going to finish about 12th, which I think is a decent improvement, to be honest. Quite content with that. Um, most important player, I'm going to go with Amos, um, just to be a slightly com- uh, controversial in Dan Murphy's absence. Um, Amos, I think, is the key to everything. We know how a good goalkeeper can, can prompt a team to do well, and we know a bad goalkeeper can prompt a team as well. So fingers crossed that, uh, that Amos does become the player that I fully expect him to be. Uh, and for one thing, again, I'm going to come to you, Mark, in a sec. Amos on a, a four-year deal makes a lot of sense. Do you not do you not think it's a different approach from the club to tie these players up for slightly longer? And just to uh, to give you a sort of duplicate question, do you think they will be looking to to renegotiate Clough's deal in the coming months? I know he's not signed it not less than what six months ago, eight months yeah. ago. But yeah. do you think that that might be on the agenda? Um, yeah, possibly. I, I don't think it will have escaped their attention. I mean, he, 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 the ball hadn't even hit the back of the net. I think against Wigan, by the time they'd started. Uh, the, the last deal in place, so um, I think 
they will be very careful with that because I mean, there's no secret to the fact that there's a lot of Premier League clubs watching Zach. Um, you know, absolutely no secret at all. But um, you know, he's, he's currently on a decent contract, and I, I think as he as he matures, Bolton will will want to mature with him um, in that respect. Um, he's not doesn't strike me certainly as as one of these lads that's going to sort of bang his fists on the table and demand new contracts at all in any way, shape, or form. So that's, that's what Roberts did at Fulham as well. Let's not forget he uh, absolutely he yeah agitated yeah. for that move, didn't he? I mean, the difference is, I mean, Roberts, as, as you said, pointed out before, he's, he's got the, the whole, the England set up beforehand. Zach's not had any of that particularly. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's come a little bit out from left field. Um, but they're watching him in that respect. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him step up to the under-21s this season. I, I know, words out of my mouth there. Yeah, I, I do genuinely think that he's, he's capable of doing that. And when that happens, suddenly you, you graduate to a whole new ball game, that, you know, Suddenly, people look at you playing these, you know, these international games, and then you become this kind of. You, know, you, you, you can start charging the big money for for people. So if if that were to happen, then yes, of course, Paul would be stupid not to um, try and get a different deal um, for him. With Ben, totally agree. Really good uh, bit of business. Um, he wanted to come here. Neil wanted him. Get him on a good long deal, um, and he's he's your bedrock. You know, he's uh, you know incredibly. Um, composed young man uh, comes across as a, a, a you know really really sort of thoughtful um you know just adds a, a adds calm and you can imagine playing with him type thing that he's, he's just got that kind of air about him so i think he he will be an incredibly important uh, player for bolton this season and for a long long time to come fascinating stuff totally agree right quick fire one now lads i want you to all tell me your uh, championship league winner I wanted you to let me know who you think it's going to be. Runner-up, playoffs, top scorer and relegated. So five quick ones there. So winner, runner-up, playoffs, top scorer and who's going to be relegated. Uh, Rob, come to you first on that. Uh, for me, winner is going to be Derby, runner-up, Middlesbrough, playoffs. Someone like Brentford, I think, could do it. Uh, top scorer, who did I say? Uh, let's go up Derby. Uh, Chris Martin, relegated. Okay. Um, Lead singer of Coldplay. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, relegated MK Dons, uh, Preston, and Blackburn. Okay, Tom, same questions to you. Championship winner, runner-up, playoffs, top scorer, and who's to be relegated this year? Uh, championship winner, Middlesbrough. Uh, second place, Derby. Uh, playoffs, Brentford. Uh, top scorer, our very own Zach Clough, who is currently at 66-1 to with Skybet. Which is ridiculous to high odds. Um, and the relegated team: Blackburn, Rotherham, and Huddersfield. Liam, same to you. I've gone for QPR for winners. Okay. I think second will be Middlesbrough, and I think the surprise package here will be the playoff winners, which is Wolves, and that'll be mainly due to their top scorer Benikafobi. I think going down will be Rotherham, Cardiff, and Bristol City. Interesting. Mark, I'll come to you in a sec. I'm going to go championship winner. I'm going to go with Fulham out of left field there. But I'm going to go with Fulham. They've made some really interesting signings this summer as well. Uh, Runner-up, I'm going to go with Derby County. Playoffs, uh, Middlesbrough. Top scorer, I'm going to go with Jordan Rhodes, whoever he ends up playing with. Relegated, I'm probably going to say uh, Preston. Sorry to anyone I know who supports Preston. Uh, Bristol City um, and Wigan. Oh, hang on. They've already been relegated, haven't they? I can't say Wigan. Uh, and we'll go with, let me think, yeah, MK Don, just because I had a bad experience there with uh, roundabouts last week. Mark, same questions to you, mate. Winner, runner-up, playoff, top scorer and relegated, please. Uh, winner, Middlesbrough, I think. Um, runner-up, I fancy Wolves. Uh, I do think they'll they'll be up there this season. Um, playoffs um, Fulham is a good shout yeah I, I, I wouldn't be surprised with that one um, top scorer Afobi I, I think he's for some reason and I've never never saw a bone but he seems to uh, seems to have really sort of blossomed into a into a good striker there um, relegated uh, oh crikey um, Brighton I think Brighton might go down. I don't fancy them at all. Um, MK Dons and Rotherham. Interesting. So, yeah, we're all on a similar page there. And thank you very much for your predictions. I'm sure we'll all be proven completely wrong pretty quickly. 
Great stuff. Right, so another quarter, short break here, and then we're going to return with what is likely to be a, a four-hour-long segment entitled on the agenda, Questions for Mark. So stay where you are, grab yourself a cup of tea. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll be then straight into questions for our friend Mark. So stay where you are. Cheers. Segment four, here we go, entitled Questions for Mark. So, lads, I'm going to ask you to take a bit of a, a backseat for the time being. It's not often we get uh, a local celebrity, uh, and we haven't managed to get one this week either. But Mark Isles from the Bolton News is here today. Thank you for that one. Uh, and Mark, I'm going to dive straight in. These are questions called from our Facebook page, from Twitter, and from uh, lineofviennasuite.com as well in the comments section. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Right away. Okie dokie. Uh, right, popular uh, popular user of the site, uh, White Smurf, has said injuries whilst minor seem to be racking up again. Well, is this a cause for concern? Has the training pitch ever been re- relayed as Lennon uh, expected to have been done at the end of last season? Um, they've relayed a pitch at Exton, but I can't tell you that it's definitely the one that they're using, if I'm honest. Um, but as far as the injuries go, uh, well, nothing's been nothing's been major. I don't think uh, there's, there's there's absolutely nothing you can do about Derek landing on his ankle and rolling it. Um, Wheater's a little bit of a, a, a sort of special case, I suppose, because he's still feeling his way back. The fact that it isn't a, a hamstring injury is actually a plus sign in that respect. But no, I don't think they've done. I don't think they've done too badly, um, if I'm honest. Um, but one thing I will say is is that that Lennon said after the game on Friday, and this is after Derek's gone out there with a with a big boot on his foot and just said to the players, "Don't get injured." He said, "I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not having it. I'm not having any niggles. I'm not having any strains. You're just not getting injured this season." So, I, I, I think that just sort of hints that he's he's not prepared to. Well, I don't think he's I don't think he's prepared for any of the sick notes this season at all. I, I think he, he generally does want to wheedle them out and and make sure that his his team's more robust. Fantastic. That's exactly what we all hope. Uh, right. Next on Kieran Ashworth on Twitter during pre-season, who has stood out and alternatively who has disappointed performance-wise, uh, both in games and training that you've seen. Yeah, I don't think anybody's disappointed overall. Um, I think it's been it's been relatively, you know, solid. I don't think anybody's been absolutely outstanding either. Um, Medine probably the the standout. Um, he's had the odd sort of indifferent game, but I think that uh, he's he's been something different for for Bolton. That that in itself has, has stood out. We we talked before about his kind of hold up play and and what it might bring to the the team, and I think that's very much the. The plan that uh, that Neil's looking for this season, he's been brilliant. Um, Amos, the kind of composure that he's given to the to the back four, and I think defensively as well. I think they've looked okay. I think they've they've been okay. There's been the odd mistake in there. Derek's still getting to, to grips with the English game, but I think Moxie has really improved. Um, to give him a, a bit of a, a mention, he doesn't get many. Um, you know, I think he he genuinely has sort of turned into the first choice left back now. Um, and 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 Feeney as well, you know, he's 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 getting himself in and around the the, the penalty box and, and scoring a few goals. So maybe it's a, a season for the unsung hero. Excellent. Let's hope so. Uh, right, diving straight on. Uh, Michael Doran, looking at the first six fixtures, how many points do you expect Wanderers to get? Feel free to be as brutally honest as you want to be. Um, pr- probably six. Uh, do you know what? As, as long as it's better than the last few seasons, I don't really care. Um, you know, I don't want to be sat there thumbing through the record books again for a third consecutive season. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I could just do with with a couple of wins. Um, it's it's a tough start, no doubt about it. Uh, but I would I would take a point against Derby, a point against Middlesbrough, um, and to beat Burton, and that'd be a, a fantastic start for me. Um, just. You know, don't let it build up. Don't let that stigma develop. Basically, I can't see it happening myself. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think you know, as, as I said, I've already put a bet on for us to do less than well. I, I don't think it's likely, given the manager and given the personnel and the way we've played in the pre-season. So let's hope so. Right to dive on straight away. Uh, Joe Norris, do we have a transfer budget, or is it literally nothing to spend unless we get fees in? Um, I, I think people are too too quick to compare, compare it to championship manager or football manager as if you've got a bit of a number that's scribbled on a sheet and you keep on adding and subtracting to it. No, there isn't a transfer budget. Um, there hasn't been for some time. I don't, you know, there hasn't, there hasn't really been much cash cash to spend on players. As I understand it, it's very finely balanced in terms of whether the, whether it's what, what the club can afford or whether it's what financial fair play will let them afford. I don't know. Um, but, it's one in, one out. 
just deal with it. You know, there's there's no there's no hard cash to spend. No. Okay, fair enough, nice and clear. Uh, Marcus Mario, how much are the likes of Vela and Kellett worth in today's market? Uh, I'll add a little in your opinion at the end of that. There. Yeah. Again, you know, it's it's difficult because they don't have these figures. Rob Hall's probably worth, you know, a, a decent fee, but he was worth more off the books than he yeah. was because the, the basically the the the, um, the transfer market to most clubs and you know there's been you know Middlesbrough and, and teams like that that have, have been the odd exception in the championship but the, the the actual cash fee transfer market has just completely disappeared outside the Premier League people just don't buy for cash anymore it's it's all wheeling dealing trading you know, writing off contracts here, there and everywhere and, and loans. So, you know, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult. But as far as Josh goes, obviously, he's, he's, he's on a good contract. And, uh, you know, I, I said what I said before with uh, with Hull or Ipswich Town or whoever else wants to get involved, it, you know, the, the Bolton aren't taking it seriously because there isn't anything to take seriously. OK, great. Uh, Danny W91, do you see Lennon wanting to sell Vela? If he could reinvest the funds in the squad, uh, feel free to take Vela, Clough, anyone really for that one. Yeah. Sell to buy, um, sacrificing a major name, for example. Well, look, if somebody comes in with with a big bid for anybody, um, of course they have to consider it. Yes, but then that was the same in the Premier League days. You know, they're, they're not stupid. Um, maybe things have changed a little bit. Maybe they accept a bit less nowadays. But I, I don't. You know, I, I, they're not looking to sell the, the likes of Clough and, and Vela. They're not, you know. However, however downbeat we want to get, just take from take it from me. They're not looking to sell anybody. Fantastic. That's what we're all hoping to hear. Uh, Matt Wood, thirty-four. Is the takeover pretty much dead? Um, no reference to which takeover, but just any takeover, <laughs> I guess. Um, I keep on getting told that that things are just just happening you know there's there's nobody that's ever come forward and said well this is how much i want to give you this is how much i'm going to put in nobody's ever got to that stage so any takeover talks and and these are the ones that the club have officially sort of said are happening in their um their accounts nothing that i know has ever got to the stage where you can really truly get excited about it Okay, so, so it's just all talk then at this stage. Yeah, well, that, that's that's it. There's a lot, a lot of tire kickers. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing from the club. A lot of tire kickers. So uh, at the minute, unless somebody knows something I don't, there's nothing to get excited about at the minute. Fair do. Tire kickers, of course, being the famous uh, name of my old estate agency works five aside team. Tire kicker being in it. <laughs> Industry term for a massive time waster. Uh, moving yeah. on, uh, Chris Bradish, Mark, why have you not grown a beard? Because uh, I appreciate sex too much and I wouldn't get it if I had a beard. <laughs> Fair dues, unlike myself, if I could, that, I'd have to have about 10 years notice to grow one just to start now. Uh, Monksy1986, where do you realistically see the club in five years' time? I fear we've become very ordinary. That's uh, Monksy's opinion, not my own. Yeah, no, no, it's fair enough, isn't it? But um, look, you've got to start again, really. I, I think in the same position as they were in, let's say, turn of the millennium under Sam. You know, no, no money particularly, having to having to really start from from ground zero again. Uh, in five years' time, who knows? You know that this takeover may invest, um, or you may have to. It may get worse before it gets better. <laughs> Um, I honestly, I, I honestly can't say if, if there is investment. Then, of course, the Premier League's there, but it's going to be very, very difficult without it. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Luke BWFC, uh, chances of us being the club that Lafondre will sign for this week. Let, let's do this on, uh, on an out of ten basis. Zero. Oof, that's upsetting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, is honestly, it is. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I know. Um, that the, the people at Cardiff and people I've, I've spoken to over the last God knows how long with 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 Alfie, um say there is there is no chance of Bolton getting involved because they want to sell him, and there are two clubs in the north who want to buy him for for money. So, or, or for. For a loan deal that would then equate yeah. to money. Um, so Wednesday, Wednesday, have got the cash, haven't they, with their new owner, of course. So that's, you think uh, so? Certainly, I, I, I've I've spoken with the the, 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 the my opposite number at Wednesday, um, and he says it ticks a lot 
lot of boxes. He hadn't heard of it, so he's kind of checking out as well. Um, if that is, if that proves to be the case up there, I'll, I'll obviously write about it. But um, in the meantime, I'm I'm uh, always in the wrong because I uh, am the, the harbinger of bad news all the time. So what can I do? <laughs> can you do indeed? You can put some money into they bring Alfie back from. That's what you can do. Absolutely. Just get yourself a bit of a day off in terms of getting the jip online. But uh, next question, Shane MG, do you rate any development players to make the the leap to the first team this season? Uh, Woolery, yeah, I do. I think he's. Um, I think from what I've seen of him this preseason, uh, he looks to have something about him. He's got sort of raw pace about him. Um, really good attitude. Uh, he scored obviously got an eye for goalies. He's he scored scored a few for the development squad. Um, Jamie Thomas, uh, we all know about him. We've in, in the same sort of, sort of genre as, as Zach Clough a couple of years ago. That, that you saw all these goals he was scoring, just just assumed that he was a good player. But from from what I've seen physically now of him um, playing for the under twenty ones, he he looks to have something that that might just have enough to step up to first team. Um, I like Finney. Um, Taylor uh, and and young uh, Fitzsimmons as well, goalkeeper. I think he's done a done a decent job in, in pre season. So there's there's a few there. There's, there's some some decent talents there, and, and Ian Brunskill's um, and building a, a decent little team. Interesting. Uh, just to break this up slightly, Tom, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, Thomas uh, Woolery, etc. Who, who would you rank as the, the you know the top sort of two or three players most likely to make the step up from from the reserve on the 21 ranks this season? Well, originally, I, originally I thought um, Andy Kelly, but um, as as of the moment, it would seem that Kane Woolery is uh, there or thereabouts. Um, he is frighteningly quick. I, I remember going to that that uh, the Man United game, as I said last season, for the reserves, and um, he tore he tore him to pieces. Um, and he, a very composed finish in that game as well. And likewise, um, Jamie Thomas can't stop scoring either. And I think. Between them, I think between them, they've scored eight or nine goals in this preseason. So, um, yeah, one of them two, I think, will be the uh, the best chance. Fair enough. Uh, right, we'll come back to you then, Mark. Uh, Mark R underscore eighty four. What do you think the club will view as being a successful season this time round? Um, not certainly. I think I think everybody's just said improvement um, on, on last season, but I don't think it's too difficult to improve on last season really because uh, it was it was pretty dire in the end. Um, I, I I think secretly Neil fancies a fancies a real playoff push. I, I, I think he's he's under he's underplaying it a bit, but he, he's just got that sort of little twinkle in his eye that he just thinks if he can keep his his best team on the pitch, it's possible. It's possible. Um, and if they can pull a couple of rabbits out of the hat, loan wise, um, who knows? Who knows? They only need to do a, a season. If you look at Burnley uh, a couple of seasons ago when they went up, um, look at the injuries. They had absolutely nothing. None of the key players went. All you need is a season like that and have your, your, your key players firing and it can happen for you. So, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, most definitely. Right, next question from Panic Prone on Twitter. What former Wanderer in his prime would you pick or like to have in today's squad? Try not to uh, come up with the same one that I did that uh, begins in with uh, with N and ends in Icarus and Elka. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, which former Wanderer player in his prime would you uh, pick or like to have in today's squad? Oh dear me! Um, yeah, literally yeah. anyone in the history of the world that's ever played for Bolton, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Um, how about uh, J- well, if you got JJ at his absolute prime, you could sell him and wipe off three quarters of the debt. I think at, at, in current market prices. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, I, I would I would have people that I, I've I've dealt with since I've been reporting with the club. I suppose because I know them. Um, Kevin Davis, every you know in his prime was just impossible to deal with. Barry Kale, I've said before on this, this podcast, just the best player I think in his position I've ever dealt with. Yussi in his prime was as good as there was in the Premier League. So one of those three probably. Um, for a person on a personal note, um, are you surprised that they've, they've not looked at bringing Yussi back in to maybe fill that that slot as a, a backup goalkeeper? Or do you think that his desire to play first team is more more pressing? Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised if I'm honest. Um, a little surprised. I mean, from uh, from what I hear, you'll see. You know, he would would be would be happy to come in as a number two on the premise of challenging. But there are a few clubs that are offering him a little bit more than that. So, 
I don't think he's short on options. I know a lot of people are a bit disappointed with the whole goalkeeping coach situation that he hasn't been offered anything. But from what I'm hearing, he doesn't want to coach. He just wants to play. He thinks right. he can play on for a couple of seasons. So that's not an option. Um, yeah, honestly, if, I'm, if I'm saying totally honestly, yes, I'm surprised that Bolton haven't offered him because I don't think it would cost a, a lot of money to bring him back to the club. Um, also, just a, a further point, and this situation with Tony, uh, whilst also simultaneously, it seems, having signed to play in the Indian Premier League, is there any sign of that being resolved? Um, nothing at the minute, no. Um, nothing Nothing decided. Uh, I spoke to Ben Amos a, a couple of nights ago, um, and, and he said that they were still kind of talking. Um, and certainly, Tony Warner's still in the driving seat for it. Um, but okay. uh, I think I, I think they're weighing up their options. I, I, I don't know whether or not it's a case of trying to get out of that contract. If I'm honest, but I haven't really spoken to Tony Warner about it. So, okay, fair dues, fair dues. Right, next one, Dom Taylor, Dom underscore Taylor one two three, and I only say his full Twitter name because his question was, Mark, why have you blocked me? I uh, probably swore actually. I only ever block people if they swear because my kids sometimes read the read my iPad and I don't like people swearing. Fair dues, Dom. You have to change your ways, mate. Right, Trotter in exile. Uh, without investment, do you think Berry could take our place in the championship? I presume they mean next season and not uh, as a result of some kind of uh, relegation on purpose. Um, I, well, I like what they're doing with Berry. I, I'm still kind of scratching my head a little bit as to exactly where the money's coming from with Berry. And my past dealings with the club, I go, I go way back with Berry. And I remember some very similar things happening not too long ago and, and really exploding spectacularly. But... Um, I, I hope they don't again, and I'd love to see them as a championship club and, and competing with Wanderers um, or <laughs> Wanderers uh, in the Premier League again. But um, no, I don't think Bolton are going down this season. I, I genuinely don't. Fair news. I know a little bit about the Berry situation as the uh, the current chairman, that Stuart chap. Um, it's it lived, yeah, lived a couple of doors down from my mum and dad, and I know he's partly with uh, with my dad and my dad's next door neighbour and there was, he wanted him to come on the board with him as well at the same time which we, the old man very you know in, think about my inheritance he very very kindly said no to that uh, <laughs> and I'll always be grateful for it uh, Russ Carr 3 nicest guy <laughs> and biggest arsehole of PWFC players that you've had to deal with in the past again uh, political uh, political statements are, are accepted as well as avoidance if need be Mark um, uh, yeah Nicest, the nicest guy, uh, Stu Holden's probably the nicest guy that I've ever dealt with for Bolton. Um, Kevin Davis, Gaz Kale, again, Greta Steinson, um, Andy O'Brien, fantastic bloke. Oh, there's, there's loads. You, you tend to get on with a lot of them. You know, if, there's, there's very, very few that, very few that I just haven't really got on with. I'll be honest with you, the, one, one of the only ones I never got on with was Matt Taylor. Uh, I just didn't. Uh, for some reason, or I don't don't know whether I did something to piss him off or what. But um, no, he was he was one I didn't get on with. But there's there's very few. Some people will get the hump with you. Um, I think Jermaine Beckford got the hump with me towards the end of his uh, his time. Um, but you know that that was because of various things that we did in the paper. Unfortunately, sometimes you can't be everybody's friend with what you write. So um, you know you've you've got to accept that you can't you, you can't really be. Friends, friends with with the lads that you you, you kind of have to treat impartially every single week. So well, that's it. Just about to say your your loyalty isn't necessarily to them or to the club, is it? It's to your no. employer to write objectively, I suppose. As uh, as easy as it is to to label accusations about you know in the past the, the paper being the club's mouthpiece and so on. So I can uh, I can totally see where you come from. I'm going to save you from having to answer the fact that the biggest arsehole because I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Bolton fan that got on with uh, with Matt Taylor anyway. <laughs> Uh, Nick Wollstoneholm, um, who do you think is the most underperforming, uh, most underperforming signing the club have made in the last eight years? I'm going to read his subsequent tweets because they're quite interesting. Uh, in his example, Tunchai made his Middlesbrough supporting mates racist dad change his opinions on Turkish people, but flopped. Andre Moritz, nailed on to be a cult signing, ended up flattering to deceive. Petrov, wore number 10 shirt, liked a short sleeve and glove combo in August, had one good game. Uh, Devin and Gog ran like Henry uh, Thierry Henry played like Terry Duckworth that's quite a good one as well and finished like Terry Hatcher which is funny so he, he corrected himself towards the end uh, but in your opinion uh, and we'll, we'll, it is a slightly negative question but I think it's maybe based in uh, it's reflective of where we are who do you consider to be the most underperforming underwhelming signing that we've made in your time let's call it in your time since mm. following Wanderers um, I think Ungog's a good shout 
Um, again, a, a very nice guy off the pitch, but just never, ever did it to any great degree on the pitch, considering how much. And the thing with, with Ungog is that uh, they paid four and a half million, I think it was in the end, mm. for the previous summer. They'd actually gone in for him a, a significantly higher number, but Liverpool had said no. Um, so how that, high are we talking? Can, do you know? Well, I, I, I think right. it was about seven. Sweet Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I remember being in America and talking, you know, is, is it a possibility with Owen Coyle? And he's like, well, we're, we're looking into it. And that was the number that was being banded about. So, you know, it could have been even more disastrous. Um, you know, I, 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 don't know, I don't know as far as Tunchai actually, yeah, he did disappoint me because I thought they were signing a really, uh, a really top, top player there. Yeah, same, same. And, and that, that, uh, that would be a, a, a good shout. Um, there's, there's been a few, really. I, I mean, Marvin Sordell, I suppose, that's another shining example. Um, the, the money that was paid for him. Um, is, I can't say that I knew a massive amount about him beforehand, um, but to look at the amount that was spent on him and what they got back, you'd have to say it was a, a, a dreadful signing, if, if truth be told. I think we've, we've spent quite poorly, haven't we, in the last few years? I mean, there's, there's been very, very few players that we've actually feel like we've got a value for money for, other than the free transfers, which, of course, you, you sort of take on a bit of, with a bit of a pinch of salt anyway. Um, even Spearing, at the time, nailed on, was it over a million quid? You'd have thought, that's, a, yeah. that's not a gamble by any stretch, but you'd be hard-pressed to prove that we've had value for money from him as well. I, I think you're dead right there. Okay, well, that's the end of the, uh, the listener-reader questions, and thanks for that, Mark. Um, there's a couple of questions from line of inner writers who, who couldn't be here to join us tonight purely because I don't think Skype can handle more than 46 people on one call already. Um, <laughs> Dan is on holiday in France at this minute in time. In fact, he's probably at the airport on his way back right now. But he said he's going to ask three questions. First one being, what formation has Lennon been using this pre-season uh, and has he been experimenting much? Yet? We'll come to the two after you've answered that one. Um, per- primarily, he's, he's gone with kind of four-four-two. Um, with a with a diamond in behind the two, I, I think I think he would have liked to have gone with three at the back. I, I do genuinely think he's going to go with that again this season. And, and given everybody fits and on a, an even amount of form, I think he would play three with uh, with wing backs. Um, I think that's that's what he really fancies doing. But until kind of Derek Weeter a fit. You can't really do that with the centre half. So I think you're gonna see the, the four with the with the diamond and then and then two up front. And then he's he's done a quite a bit of that in pre season, so I think that's where point you'll start against Derby. Okay, uh, great. Dan second question. What role do you see Jay Spearman playing this season? Hopefully a, a, a big one because I, I I like him, Jay. I, I genuinely do like him. Um I think he's he's come back with a with a fantastic attitude. He genuinely does want to get in there and, and be a part of things. Um he does give some di- the direction on the pitch and you know, I know people kind of pick on him a bit for the demonstrative pointing and all that kind of stuff, but it, it it's necessary in certain areas and I think um he's one of the only ones that does it. I think Darren Prattley um, has has grown into that, and certainly I've seen him pre-season as a captain. He's he's given a bit more sort of verbal orders and such like. But I think having two of them in there, they work together quite well. And I'd, I'd genuinely like to see Jay get in there. But realistically, he is an asset, and I think that if if somebody came in with a with a valid offer for him, he would be gone. Mm, I hope he does come back because I think what we saw on his loan spell was enough to to think there was a player that we saw then still in there somewhere. I hope Lennon can get it out of him. Uh, Dan's final question, why do you think we're struggling to get rid of players and, and, and to get decent fees when we do, for example, Baptiste and Hall uh, and possibly Mido as well? Except for the, the, the transfer market has just completely imploded outside the Premier League. There's, there's no money for transfer fees um, and you, you're basically trading wages nowadays um, for, for the most part. I know there's, there's exceptions, but... Um, I think in terms of Wanderers, you're basically trading wage for wage. Um, Hall, certainly, with his added bonus appearances and such, I had to get him gone. Baptiste was a big earner. Mido cost money and is a big earner. So I would imagine they would they would look to try and get his wage off first as a, as a loan. Um, you know, I think, as we said before, with, with signings, you know, the money spent in the last few years, there, there are question marks you can certainly accuse the club of not doing great business in the last five, six years um, and it, it continues to be the case. 
Oh, I totally agree. Um, right, uh, Alistair, one of the latest uh, latest signings on the Love Pod, uh, Love Pod team. He's not here tonight, he's on holiday as well, as, as you will be tomorrow, Matt, lucky sods. If you could change anything about the Macron press box, what would it be? The press box? Um, Apart from a bar, I presume. <laughs> they used to have one, actually. They used to have, in the Premier League days, we used to have a bar, and that was, that was lovely. Um, but not anymore. Um what would I change? I would like replays. That's nice. That would be nice. We don't get. We used to have them in the Premier League days. We used to have little uh, TV, uh, little TVs next to your, your your seats and such like, and do replays after any contentious events. But um, they don't do that anymore, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Most most Championship grounds don't. Um, it was nice because I, I tend to, you know, because I'm I'm doing a an on the whistle report of a thousand words or something and then on on top of that my live blog as well um not really watch the game if i'm honest you know mm. you, you might glance up from the laptop every once in a while but uh, you you can't follow everything so it uh, is sometimes quite useful fair enough uh, eddie as well he can't be here tonight but uh, his first uh, his first question i think you've answered already in terms of a player that surprised you this pre-season i'm going to assume medine will be the answer to that particular one. i move on to his second question. Uh, in your opinion, since in your time following, uh, following Wanderers, what's been the best pre-season game that you've covered? Uh, feel free to use your own criteria as far as best. Best pre-season game? Uh, 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 do you know that, that one um, in Austria, the second one against Paderborn, that goal? Jesus oh, outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I get very cynical about football, but I just I just stood up and just like applauding the thing. I'm like, oh God, what what's just happened there? And... and Dan Hulker, who probably be listening to this at some point in time, but Dan was sat to my right, and I don't think he'd seen it. And he's, he just sort of looks at me like, "What are you doing?" And I think now he's seeing the goal. I think he'll realise what me why my response was so uh, idiotic. It was just just incredible to see. So that that will that will stand out in my mind as being one of the one of the best. Um, but there was there's been a few that the the three two against was it Mjalby, I think in in Sweden last season was a, was a really um, really fast game. That was that was not a typical derby. Or the the Bromby game was was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, and a few years ago, uh, Aris Thessaloniki um, in Greece, uh, you know, it was, it was proper European flares and you know smoke. You know, proper night game. It was it was fantastic. So um, the, I've been lucky enough to to see a few. Excellent. We've also got a bit of an insight into your dress sense there as well. Superb. <laughs> Um, his final question: Do you think players with a long history of injuries, such as Weetor and Mark Davies, uh, will be able to to fit a full season in this year? Uh, high hopes for Sparky. I think he's um, I think he's sorted, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for him. Uh, uh, I know the the, sort of the medical staff think he's he's about right. Um, Weetor's a work in progress. I think he hasn't had a full pre-season for four years, wow. um, which you know. It, with a lad that size, with that kind of frame, not easy at all. So it's a very, very important season for him. And I don't think it's one that they can kind of afford to just say, we'll just go out there and, and do it. I think they're going to have to manage him very, very carefully. Um, and I've got my fingers crossed for him because uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic lad and I desperately want him to do well. Um, but it's not going to be um, it's not going to be easy, um, and he's going to have little setbacks like he's he's had um, with this this uh, this calf strain rather. But um, I'm hoping he gets there in the end. Brilliant! Oh, absolutely fantastic answers, Mark. We're coming to the end of it now. I'm sure you'd be pleased to hear you can get on with your packing before your, uh, your trip tomorrow. Uh, my own personal question before we come to the lads that we're on with tonight. Um, I feel personally responsible for Zach Cuthbert being number ten at Bolton Wanderers this season. And, uh, it's not necessarily the club's most historic or important shirt, but giving him that number really does uh, does show Lennon's faith in the lad. Do you think he'll repay that over the long term? And I know you've said as much already this uh, this podcast too. But Clough as number ten is is a lovely fit for the aesthetic in me. It's uh, it's wonderful, um, and and I think he's gonna he's gonna live it up and and really do well. Would you concur? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I ge- genuinely um, struck by the lad. Personally, I think he's. Um, he's very grounded. Uh, he knows where he comes from. Um, there's no. I know you had a little nibble. I think with um, with Rob Hall earlier, and I can understand the, the kind of the outward perception sometimes of of young footballers. You know, with this sort of delusions of grandeur and with the, the headphones and the the weird Twitter speak and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Zach Zach's very very different. You know, he's he's he's, he's very clearly from Denton as. Uh, as 
as Josh is very clearly from Salford, um, you know, there's there's no airs or graces about him, and and that's very refreshing. Um, but when you see both of them, but talk about Zach, when you see Zach out on the pitch, what impresses me about him is that you can watch him play and think he's had a good game, but then go back and watch some of the stuff that he's done, and what he does is just so simply brilliant. You know, the touches you need to see them twice to appreciate just how good they are. Yeah, and. And, um, you know, I, I said about his, his goal against uh, Wigan last season. And, and you know, it's, it's my favourite goal because it's just so simple. Um, and I just think he's, I hope he gets the um, the step up internationally. I hope somebody sees him and, and gives him that chance because uh, it's been a while since Bolton have been able to, to say that. Um, and it'd be good for the club. But uh, I think, you know, he, he deserves it because he's, he's persevered and it, it was, wasn't was easy at all whilst he was sat there in the, the under-21s and, and wondering what was going to happen next. Um, unlike Josh, he was never kind of one of these guys that was looking elsewhere and, OK, well, you know, I'm not going to get my chance here. Um, he, he was kind of persevering with things. But um, the, the fact that he got his chance and took it so, so sublimely, um, it's just... It's you know it's, it's what you cover the sport for you know it's, it's what you come and pay through the turnstiles for you know having a having a hero and I, and I hope Bond can keep hold of it. Absolutely, totally agree with you on that one. Right, so if ever my final question, um, it's just come to mind as well. Do you think there'll ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? It's an interesting question. It is, isn't uh, it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, no. what more is there to say than that (laughs) not really not unless there's some type of weird shark splicing gene experiment that uh, somehow manages that but no I I don't really even know where to go with that one mate uh, there isn't really anywhere apart from onto something else Um, Tom um, I understand you've maybe got a couple of bits prepared for Mark at least I hope you have when I asked you an hour ago to to do that Um, but (laughs) off you go yeah, well, my first question is, um, it's about the academy being downgraded from the Category yeah. 1 to the Category 2. And um, do you, what sort of effect do you think this will have? I mean, it's arguably more beneficial to face teams such as Arsenal than uh, Colchester, for instance. Mm. Well, I know, I know where you're coming from on it, and certainly that was my initial reaction. But having spoken to everybody, well, nearly everybody at the academy, it's very opposite. They're, they're actually looking forward to not having to tick the boxes that were required um, to, to be Category 1 and to having a little bit more flexibility with the way they teach and the, and the kind of the, the way they structure the coaching. Um, I think the, the opposition getting hammered by, you know, a, a Manchester City team, for example, that, that spend 10 times the amount on their academy, I'm not overly sure what, what it does for an under-21 team, if I'm being brutally honest, yes, you know the 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 arts academies that are on on par financially, but I think they they're certainly looking at it as a positive from within the academy, and and as you've probably gathered over the last few years, those lads down there have an opinion on things, and they're not shy if it's if it's different from the the main club, if you will. Um, but I think they're all singing from the same hymn sheet on this one. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's very interesting. And, um, just just one more quick one. Um, what on earth has happened to Tom Eves? Is he uh, seems like he's disappeared off the face of the earth uh, this this preseason? Uh, well, he picked up an injury at uh, the end of last season, and I'm told that he's not come back from it yet. But I, I think they they're open to offers for him. He's obviously got a little bit of time left on his contract. Um, I think he realises that he's going to have to try and find a club this season, and, uh, and I think he will. Yeah, um, is the bottom line. I think it's a bit of a shame for him, but that's the way it is. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Excellent. Cheers, Tom. Uh, Rob, we've actually lost Liam. Uh, for those who are listening very intently to Mark, I know I was, and uh, also did. I- Accidentally, kind of forget about Liam, but with technical issues, means we lost Liam. But Rob, just to, just to bring things to a bit of a close, um, have you got anything to say to, to Mark? Any questions you want to put across? Yeah, I mean, when Matt Mills left the club, we had quite a lot of debate on the pod about who we who we saw being captain, who he wanted as captain. I'm not sure any of us really seriously thought that Darren Prattley was a contender. Um, so I wondered if you were surprised about the move to put Prattley as captain, and if you are there any other options that uh, were in the squad? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, if I'm honest, um, because he, he didn't quite have that sort of demonstrative kind of 
you know, persona that, that you probably associate with being a captain. Um, you know, the, the shouting, the balling. Um, but I think in terms of leading by example, he is exactly what Neil Lennon wants his players to be. You know, or just leaving everything out there. I mean, he comes off the pitch every single time, you know, wiped out, totally wiped out. Um, and, you know, I think he's grown in that respect. I think he's he's obviously aware of it. Um, and I've seen in kind of pre-season that he's, he's thinking about other people as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it affects his game, if it affects his game. I think it did with Jay Spearing. Um, and I think Neil knows that with Jay Spearing because he's taken that responsible responsibility from him to have a look to see, you know, whether whether or not it improves his overall game. It does for some people. I think we've seen a few times at you know at Bolton that the captaincy doesn't necessarily sit brilliantly on on some people's shoulders. Um, JJ even going going way back. Um, so you know we'll 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 see with him. I'm glad he has because I, I I'm a big big fan of him. I, I like him. I liked him as a person and I liked him as a player. And it, it got got on my uh, you know I was a, I was a bit peeved when people were picking on him at. T- Times during his Bolton career when I didn't think he deserved it. Yes, when he deserves it, fine, give him a give him a, a rollicking and such like. But I think sometimes people got on his back before he'd done anything wrong. Um, and I'm glad from that respect that he's been given a bit of faith. Um, and maybe that just shows a few people that if you do work hard and you do kind of that's that's the end product. You you can you can turn things around. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's one that Neil sort of just pinned up there and said, you know, this this could be you type of thing. So, um, I know, fingers crossed. It did surprise me, though, to go back to what you actually asked. It did surprise me a bit because there was no obvious candidate. And I wonder if maybe if, if he'd have signed Ryan Taylor if things would have been different. But that's that's that. Okay. Um, I wrote an article the other day about Stu Holden and his training regime. He posted a video online about it. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll ever see Stu back in a Bolton shirt and would you like to see it happen? Would I like to see it happen? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, it would be. If I could snap my fingers now and 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 have it happen, yes. Bit of a strange situation in that Neil's got so many central central midfielders at the minute. Um, so maybe it wouldn't be the best time. All I want for uh, Stu, really, um, speaking personally, is that he gets back out there and, and carries his career. And I've got to the stage really that I don't really care whether it's Bolton anymore. Um, if I'm be honest, because I've got to know the guy as, as a, and he's a fantastic fella. He's worked so goddamn hard to get to give himself another chance. So I just don't want it to go wrong for him. I just want him to get out there, feel it, you know, and and to 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 get that. And there's a there's a bit of me that thinks maybe being away from the pressure of Bolton, where every time he he goes down or every time he gets a tackle, people are you know, oh my god, what's happened, and 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 you know, overreacting every time. Maybe taking him out of that situation, putting him in the, the MLS or the bloody Nepalese league or whatever it might be. Um, and just having him just, just feeling his way back and just playing football again, because there's so much room to get over mentally before we even talk about the physical stuff. So he's, he's got to feel his way back and whether or not Bolton for me, is that the, the right place? I'm not sure, but would I like to see it happen? God, yes, of course I would. Awesome. And he speak for all of us there, Rob. Uh, yeah. Mark, sorry, absolutely speak for all of us there. Superb. Uh, right, well, there's not really much else to say. Crikey, we've been doing this for nearly, what, two and a bit hours now, flipping yeah. it. Um, my drink went out a long time ago. Mark, I want to thank you again for coming on. It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, as much insight as we can we can give as fans, it, it really doesn't compare to what you can bring from a professional point of view. So we really are grateful. This will probably be released in about 14 different parts, this podcast, just <laughs> to make it palatable for people. And I hope you're listening back to it on your holidays this coming week and do uh, and do enjoy what you've said. We've certainly enjoyed listening to you. You're always welcome. And you mentioned Daniel Holker. Next time you speak to him, tell him to reply to his emails. He could have been on here himself. <laughs> he's got to reply to, uh, reply to mine first that'd be a shout <laughs> missed opportunity but fair enough everyone's always welcome to uh, to pop on um, but Tom uh, Liam and Rob thank you very much for your time this evening uh, Tom especially I know you said before that you were a bit nervous but I think you've done an absolutely stellar performance there and we'll certainly much. be having you on uh, again in the near future Rob same for you uh, if nothing else you can be our reserve tech quiz when Dan is back from his innumerable holidays every single year so <laughs> In order to uh, to find you and to close this uh, this podcast up, and also just as a quick reminder, 
Um, we've actually started our fantasy football league as well yesterday. Uh, check the site out. There should be something going up tomorrow with a link and a password to get on that. So I hope you're all going to take part where you possibly can. Uh, Rob, where can people find you on the internet these days? I'm on Twitter at Robbie Laz. Excellent. Tom? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Tom Malloy. Superb. And Mark? I'm sure everyone knows already, but for those that don't? I don't really know, actually. Just, just, just Google <laughs> that idiot at the Bolton News that doesn't know what he's talking about. And... <laughs> no, 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 no. Everyone knows where Neil Bonner is, mate. We're talking about yourself. <laughs> Sorry, that was a low blow, Neil. Sorry, I'm, 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 I've inherited a. I've inherited a suspicion of your work from my uncle. Blame him. It's not me. It's not me. But no, Mark, of course, we can find you on Twitter. We can find you on the Bolton News as well. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure and a treat to have you back on. I hope you've enjoyed it and, uh, and you have a good holiday, pal. Cheers, pal. No problem at all. Excellent. Well, we'll call it a day there. But you can find me at 19manning83, um, talking football, talking Nicolas Cage, talking whatever you want to talk. But yeah, two hours and four minutes and 31 seconds. We'll call it a day. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Same back time, same back channel. Have a good week. See you later.